are so excited for this time to, to gather together with you folks and to lift up the name of the Lord and just to have a great time. So this is my happiest moment of the week. Can you tell? Uh, absolutely. So, uh, but Red Letter Revival, here we go. Are you ready to do this? Aren't these, these things cool? So uh, we just love, we love this whole uh, concept of focusing on the words of Jesus. And uh, uh, we just finished up that Break Your Chains uh, series, which was amazing. And so today we're going to kick this off and uh, just to have a great time. I don't know how long it'll go, but there were a lot of words of Jesus. Let's just put it that way. So we have a lot of them to get through, a lot of them to share with you, and uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun over the next little while. Uh, before I get started, though, I just want to make sure that you all know that maybe as we're sitting here, you might start smelling something really good, because uh, we're kicking off our Thailand mission team today, and today's our first kind of meeting. Uh, there is an opportunity if you want to jump in, uh, you can if you hurry up and talk to me about it and come to Thailand with us. Uh, but they are going to do a, you're going to start having food fundraisers on Sunday mornings so that uh, we can kind of help the team get there and uh, do some of our ministry. So uh, when you, on your way out, Teresa, and every, every, when I say Teresa is in the kitchen, you all need to go, whoa, because she is amazing. Anyway, she made uh, flautas, so three flautas for five bucks. It's a deal you can't resist. And I think there are beans involved. Whoa. Okay, ready? One, two, three. There you go, there you go. So uh, I think they have 45 servings, so don't let any of them go to waste. Amen? So let's get started with the Red Letter Revival and uh, see how far we can get here today. And uh, let's just have some fun. Amen? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I just ask you right now to settle upon this room, Lord. Your, your presence has been so sweet. But Father God, right now, I just pray right now that the name of Jesus would be lifted up and that we would begin to... Uh, renew our minds towards the personhood of Jesus and who he is and, and his purpose and, and who, what, what he did and, and what he is doing. Lord God, I just ask you right now that every misunderstanding about Jesus would, would flee. Every untruth would be revealed. And Father God, I just declare right now that from the beginning to the end of this sermon series, that you would bring the truth of your son to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, pull your Bibles out. Are you guys ready? Get your little pens out and get your paper out because we're going to have a great time here today. And uh, I am excited. I am excited. Easter is only two weeks away. Did you guys remember that? And next week is Palm Sunday. I was speaking to one of our younger, younger uh, generation folk here, and they had no idea what Palm Sunday was. So uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to work on that. <laughs> next week, we'll, we'll talk about Palm Sunday. How's that? I don't have time today. Um, let's get started here. Yes. Amen. Oh, my page, that's the problem. I got page two in front of page one. I'm like, wait, something went wrong. Okay, Jesus Christ. Now I know where I can go. Now I'm ready. Are you ready? Jesus Christ, I can confidently say, is absolutely the most controversial human being to ever walk the planet. Jesus Christ, I can honestly say, is the most influential 
person that has ever walked the planet. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was meant and he was sent to influence every single soul alive. Anywhere that Jesus Christ and his life and teachings are followed, they have changed absolutely everything. And that change is on a micro level in every single soul, individual soul, wherever Jesus Christ is allowed into that soul, Jesus will rearrange that soul and leave it as it never was before. He is meant to also influence not only on the micro level, but also on the macro level. He has a desire to influence cultures and nations and the world. Everywhere he is, heard and followed and listened, he changes. The magnitude of the influence of who Jesus is and what he is on this earth uh, is best seen globally between the East and the West. So stick with me here. You've heard of the East and the countries of the East and, and then the West. We live in the West. Well, where's the divide? Where, what, what makes the East East and the West West? Well, I'm here to let you know. I love history, so give me just a quick second here. Uh, if I had a map, I could show you that the, the country of Greece is, and we had the opportunity of traveling there this last spring, and it's a beautiful country, but the country of Greece is kind of, it's got a mainland piece of the country, and then it's got all these islands. And Greece kind of has this, this area of its country that kind of comes out like this, and it goes out, and it ends, and then there's a body of water, and then Turkey comes out and, and is like this. And this little straight, straight of water in there, it's about 19 miles away or apart, and that is considered the divide between east and west. And from Greece, west, you get Europe, and you get uh, uh, the Americas and, and all that. So from Greece, west, you have the west, all the way over to our part of the world, actually, which is... The, the West Coast. So if you take us all the way around to that very edge in Greece, that's West. And then when you get across that 19-mile stretch of water, you hit Turkey. And from Turkey, you go East, and you get, all, you get the Near East, you get the Middle East, you get the Far East, you get all of the Asian countries, you get um, Iran, Iraq, Syria, all of those kinds of countries, and that's all considered the East. Now, culture of the world, if you were to, t to look at it from the broad perspective, there are two cultures on this planet in general. There's the East and there's the West. And you can, you can read about the differences, and it's very intriguing, the differences. When we fly to Thailand, we're going to go into a whole other culture. It's the East. And it's a very interesting culture. I love it over there. But what has caused this difference? What has caused this divide? What has caused our entire globe to be divided really into two different sections, east and west? There's a couple of different things, but one of the main reasons that they say is the cause of this divide is the cross of Jesus Christ. The west 
has yielded and opened its heart to the work and the call and the religion of Christianity. And the East has not. And so the influence of the cross and the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ and Christendom has seasoned and leavened the West. And it has all but, in general, you know, I know that there's places, but all in general has been refused in the East. Now, the Apostle Paul crossed over that strait, and he went into Turkey and into Asia Minor, and he, he planted churches in Philippi and Ephesus. That was all in Turkey. That was all reaching into the east. And those flourished for a while, but now it is all under the rule of Islam. So the general population in the west has embraced the cross, embraced Christianity, and embraced the teachings of Jesus Christ, and the East has refused that and embraced Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, and Eastern religion. And those, that, that whole situation has completely influenced the globe. Let me read this to you. Because you live in the West, and you are used to the West, and you are used to what, what happens here and, and kind of what we're living in and all that kind of thing, but, but it's not everywhere. So this is out of the Huffington Post, okay? This is a Huffing, Huffington Post article. Yale historian uh, Jaroslav, whatever his name, I don't, Pelican, I'm just going to leave it right there. Regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe in about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. If it were possible with some sort of supermagnet to pull up out of history every scrap of metal bearing at least a trace of his name, how much would be left? It is from him that most of the human race dates their calendar. It is by his name that millions curse, and in his name, millions pray. It turns out that the life of Jesus is a comet with an exceedingly long tail. Regardless of how you feel about Jesus Christ, he has influenced your world. Jesus Christ, I'm just going to give you a couple of really quick things here. Just interesting, interesting. If you don't think so, if you think that you're just kind of living life, and Jesus is just kind of a... A name? Jesus is something they talk a lot about at church and, and kind of isn't a part of the rest of the world. If you think that, you're, I, I hope to change your mind. I hope you will understand that every shred of our culture is foundationed on Christianity in so many ways. It's been invaded and, inf in, uh, and affected. Not infected. Well, infected. That works. Jesus Christ's teachings have invaded the family. The family that we know here in America and is based on Jesus Christ's teachings. Way, uh, wives are no longer slaves. The role of women has, has been elevated by Jesus Christ's teachings. The Greek philosopher Cicero, this was before Jesus came, he wrote uh, about women and he likened them to slaves, dogs, horses, donkeys, possessions to be used and cast away. Ever since Jesus Christ walked on the planet, he began to, be, to give dignity to women. 
all of women's rights issues stem literally from Jesus Christ's teachings. And if you don't believe me, go to Islam. Go to an Islamic country and see what a woman is there. Jesus Christ has elevated women. Jesus Christ has taught husbands are not to be tyrants. Jesus Christ gave children significance. At the time that Jesus Christ was walking on the planet, children were nothing. They were left out, to, out to, on the rocks to die if they weren't wanted. Or Children were uh, sold as slaves. But not after Jesus Christ's teaching. Norwegian scholar Bake, B-A-K-K-E, wrote a book. This is the title of it. When Children Became People, The Birth of Childhood in Early Christianity. Education, Jesus Christ, has influenced education like you wouldn't believe. The first legislation, I bet you nobody in this room knows that, this, because it's a really cool little fact, and I'm a factoid kind of gal. Are you ready? The first legislation to publicly fund education in the colonies, so this is you know, way on back on back at the beginning of, of America here, back in the colony days, it was called the Old Deluder Satan Act. And it was put into effect because they knew that ignorant children could be uh, deluded by the enemy. And so they passed an act to begin to publicly fund education for every child, not just for the ones that could afford it. We have free public education because people of God saw the need to raise up children in knowledge and in wisdom. It's not that way across the world. You have to pay to go to school in Africa. And many don't get to go. But here in America, every child gets to go to school because the colonists believed that the enemy could delude them if they were not educated. The first 120 universities in America were founded by followers of Christ. 120. Yale. Harvard, Princeton, even, even the universities in Europe. Did you know that civilian hospitals, that you, you know, like St. Joe's, TG, you get a boo-boo, you go to the hospital. Patty had to go to the hospital last week for her leg. But did you know that there were many, many hundreds of years where hospitals were not available to the civilian? Only if you were a soldier and gotten shot could you go to a place to get fixed. Do you know where hospitals started? Can I just tell you that hospitals for the general population can be traced back to the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD where the bishops of the church were instructed that every cathedral in Christendom had to start a hospital? to be able to care for the people. Your life has been influenced by Jesus Christ just by the very effect that you have a cold germ and need to go get fixed. You have that ability because of the teachings of Jesus Christ. I'm skipping a bunch. I'm skipping a bunch for, for sake of time. 
Humility, compassion, forgiveness, and individual significance and the value of life come from the teachings of Jesus Christ. And prior to Jesus Christ here, those were not listed in the virtues. Those were not Socrates and Aristotle's virtues. Never were these virtues extolled until Jesus Christ taught them. More humanitarian effort and social justice has come from Jesus Christ's teachings than any other. The gladiators in the Colosseum, that horrible, horrific bloodshed and evil of murder and killing for, for entertainment was ended. Do you know how that ended? Christians rise, rose up and said, this is not right. And the people began, there was a move of God throughout all of, of, uh, of Rome and, and the Roman Empire, and they ended the gladiator battles because of Jesus Christ. Slavery was ended in America because the church of Jesus Christ rose up and said no more that every human is created equal. I don't care the color of their skin and we have no right to enslave another human being. And we fought a battle over that and we ended slavery because of Jesus Christ's teachings. And let me tell you one more. Abortion will be ended in the United States of America because of Jesus Christ's teachings. Because life is worth something. And there is a battle even now in our nation against the teachings of Jesus Christ and the teachings of the enemy. It is an old battle. It has been going on for years. It's been going on for thousands of years. Where Jesus comes and he says, every human being has my imprint on them, my image, and I don't care how they were conceived, they are mine. And there's a people of God being raised up even now. There's a prayer effort and a war effort in the, in the prayer room against this abortion. And you mark my words, if the people of God will continue to rise up in the teachings and in the truth of God, we will see abortion end in America. There are only, if, if my last, uh, a year ago I was looking, there's only 11 countries in the 120 or so countries in the world that do not have abortion. This is a worldwide issue. And I would like to pronounce and prophesy even now that America will lead the way. And the entire world will rid itself of this scourge. People of God, get moved in your heart. Pray, repent, and let's see this thing move. Jesus Christ. The Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, desires that all would know him. And that there would be absolutely no divide anywhere on the face of the planet. But that the entire planet would be unified under his teachings and under his anointing and under all that he is. Galatians 3.28 says that there's neither new, uh, Jew nor Greek. It's very interesting. Greece is on the edge of the east-west divide. The Jews in the country of Israel are on the edge of the, west, the east divide right in there. There is neither Greek nor Jew. 
He is declaring, he prophesied way back then that his word is to come into this world and unite the entire world. Not to have division. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he came, he was born in a manger. He lived for 33 years and he has impacted the entire world and continues to do so. However you know Jesus Christ to be, let's take these next weeks and allow you to be reintroduced. I, it's been my prayer over the last weeks as I have been preparing for this is that I want to just lay aside everything I know about Jesus. I want to be freshly reintroduced. I want to be freshly reintroduced to who he is. I want to lay aside every, every assumption, every thing that I've maybe heard, all of that I want to lay it aside and I want to know who this person is, this Jesus Christ that was sent into this world to change this world and to change me. I want you to open up to 1 John 1, verse 1 through 3, and I'll get to that in just a minute. We're going to do a lot of teaching out of the book of John, and I want to give a challenge to you that over these next weeks, over these next month, if we go a month, two months, three months, I don't know, but I want to put a challenge out to you to read the gospel of John as many times as you can. Read the Gospel of John as many as you can. Just start plowing, and when you're done, start again and plow through it. And when you're done, read it again and again and again. Because I want the life of Jesus to become so vibrant inside of your mind. I want it to be the thing you're thinking about. You know how when you look at Facebook, then you spend, the, even though you're on Facebook for maybe just a few minutes or whatever, but then you go away and then for the next like hour, you're, you're remembering everything you saw and, and you're thinking about that person. Right? That's what I want you to be doing with Jesus and the life of Jesus over the next little while. So will you take that challenge? Okay, so the major difference... I'm going to take a shift here. The major difference between humanity and the rest of its creation is the fact that we are created in the image of God. Dogs, cats, deer, mountains, they are not created in the image of God. They are a creation of God and reflect God, but they're not created in his image. And when God created humanity, he created us in his image. And part of that image is the ability to have language and communication. And, it, you know, you, could, you can make the case that dogs bark and cats meow and bears scratch their backs on trees and then the next bear comes along and says, oh, yeah, Fred was here. You know, I mean, there, was, there is a little bit of something, something going on in the, in the animal community. I get that, so don't, don't get hung up on this. But you'll never see a deer write a book. You'll never see... A, a fish chat. 
Humans have language and communication, okay? Humans do, and only humans. And it's because we're made in the image and likeness of God. So therefore, God has language and communication. If we have it, he has it. If he has it, we have it. So let's talk a little bit about communication, okay? Because we're going to talk about the red letter revival, okay? So let's talk a little bit about com communication. Communication of broken down to its smallest beginnings are letters. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? So we get uh, language is the first thing that really pops into culture and into societies and nations when they begin to coalesce together. You start, when they begin to have a written language, then they are starting to really coalesce and come together. That's something that you'll learn in sociology. Did you know that? See there? So letters are the smallest form of communication. Letters come together and they form words. Words come together and form thought. And thought becomes the expression of the essence of that person. You will learn the essence or intention of me when you hear my words and hear my communication. You all looked at me from the beginning. A lot of you guys are here uh, new, and you didn't know anything about me. I came up on the stage, and you saw me, but you didn't know me. And you still don't know me necessarily because we haven't had a com conversation so you don't know the essence inside of me, but if I can sit down and have coffee with you, I had coffee with Rochelle on Friday. It was such a fun time. And I love having coffees because it helps me hear the other person and hear their words and hear their thoughts and hear their intentions, and now I know them. And when I hear what's coming out of who, what's inside of you, now I understand you. Now you become significant to me. Before I can hear from you or know of you or have a conversation, you're just a human being. That I can look and see and I can have all sorts, you know, I can make all sorts of assumptions and thoughts. Well, she's this and that. She must be this and that. They're this and that. So they must be this and that. But until I sit down and I hear words come out of your mouth, I will never know who you are or what you're about. I will never know your essence. And that's why God has invented communication. Because our God is not a singular God that just operates in and of himself. He is a three in one. He loves community. He loves coming together. He loves knowing one another. Because I can't, you can't, no one can love until you know. So when I have communication with you and I get to know you now, now we begin to form relationship. Now I can understand your significance. And now we can have relationship. And now we can be friends. And now we can band together. Now we can unify. But if we don't have words, and I don't hear you, you are just a walking human being. I am not, I don't know you, you have no significance to me. I have the ability to make assumptions about you, and you are called a stranger. Un 
unknown things, untruth, assumptions, stranger. And when you have a stranger around you and you're near a stranger and you haven't committed, you don't know what's in their mind and in their essence, now there's danger. Now there's fear. Now there's suspicion. This is why when we come to church, we encourage you guys to talk one another. We have Connect Sunday where you guys talk to one another because I don't want you to walk in and out of church and still be strangers. We can't have a strong uh, body of Christ that can overcome the enemy and make a difference when we're all just strangers looking at each other with assumptions and fears and suspicions between each other. You can't come into the kingdom of God and remain isolated. And I'm talking to somebody in here because you, are, you have fear in you about being known or knowing someone because you're afraid they're going to hate you or reject you. But I will say to you right now, the love of Christ is in this room. And to be known is to be loved. And to know is to be able to love. And when we come together and we're known, you are willing to, to unite and be known. Stop isolating. Then we can have a body of Christ that can get something done. That's good, yeah. What happens to your marriage when you stop communicating? How many times is it, you know, I can tell you so many funny stories in our house about Dwayne and I. And uh, what? I told you that. No, you didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. No, you know, have you guys ever had that going on? Well, you weren't listening. You know, clean out your ears. There, there is a human being in our family, and I will not say who this person is, because I think there's more than one, that actually grows stuff in their ears. And it's kind of a slow process, and it kind of accumulates. So they start off listening really well and hearing really well, but then after a while, they, you can say, and they're just like clueless, because their ears are not working. So you can be communicating your heart out, and they can't hear a thing you're saying. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So communication, not only does it take interacting, it takes hearing. It takes hearing. First-person communication is always better as well. So if I send my kids, I, I tell the funny story. I know you guys have all heard this. I'm going to say this very quickly. I was downstairs one morning getting ready for school, and I was sitting downstairs, and Sterling was upstairs in his bedroom, and the kids were kind of along the way. I said, hey, Jasmine, would you tell Caleb to tell Austin to tell Sterling to hurry up and come down? I got breakfast for him. So I said, and she goes, okay, hey, <laughs> Caleb, tell Sterling to hurry up. Sterling, hurry up. Then the next one was, mom is so mad at you. He, she is so mad at you. And he came down so ticked off at me. He was ready to fight. And I'm like, what? I was like, why don't you just come and eat breakfast? I made you a pancake. But the communication along the way has gotten messed up. So Jesus, God started this whole thing off in the garden. He walked face to face with Adam and Eve. He communicated with them daily. Hearts were shared. There was a love like you would not believe. There was an understanding between Adam and Eve and God like you would not believe.
They were naked and not ashamed. There was not a single thing that Adam and Eve could say to God that they would feel like they had to hide because they felt and knew and understood God's heart so deeply that he knew and they knew and she knew that there was nothing inside of them that he would reject because he is love. And they walked closely and they knew each other's heart. And then sin broke that apart. And for years, from the time of garden until the time of Jesus Christ, God communicated to his people now, but he had to communicate through other people because of sin. So through the prophets, through the judges, and sometimes prophets and priests and judges didn't reflect God as well. And so the children of Israel became fearful of God and ran away from God and said, no, don't get too close. I got to get over here. I got to be perfect for you before I come to you. So much misunderstanding. But when Jesus came, Jesus was a direct communication of God the Father. And it is our job to discover that Jesus because then we will know. At this point in time, Jesus is not walking in our midst. But he is calling. And he has left his word. And he has left his life. And God wants to speak to you about himself through Jesus and through his life because so many of us have a misunderstanding of who God is. So many of us have a fear of the Father. So many of us don't understand crazy things happen, like Patty breaking her leg. I don't know why, but you can interpret that as God is dumb. What was he thinking? Does he not care? We have to re-engage and look at the teachings of Christ in his life to know the heart of God. John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. I want the band to come up. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. John 1.14, scoot down there. The word became flesh and became and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his face and his glory, the glory of the one the, and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Such a cryptic, interesting passage that bases so much theology on. In the beginning was the word. Those in the beginning were, that, that phrase in the beginning actually takes you all the way back to Genesis. Jesus Christ has always been, all the way from the very beginning. Jesus Christ is not a created being. He is God. He was involved with God from the very beginning, in the beginning, all the way through and is still involved. He is an eternal being. He is not a created being. The word was with God and the word was God. How do you be with something and is something at the same time? That's the mystery of the Trinity. Jesus Christ is God and was with God. 
The Trinity is something that we will never understand this. We will never be able to grasp, but it's one of the mysteries of God. It's one of the mysteries, and it's one of the mysteries that nearly shredded the church over the years. The church has fought wars over this concept. Was Jesus, because how can Jesus be man and God at the same time? I don't get it. How can Jesus, so they'd want to reduce him down to just a man or just a God or not God like the Muslims want to do and Jehovah's Witness want to do and Mormonism and Scientology. But this verse here, he was with God and, let's see, through, um, uh, I don't want to get it mixed up. The word was with God and the word was God. This is who Jesus is. And if God, if Jesus is a word, capital W, meaning a message, not just a word like cat or dog or something like that, but Jesus is the message, then who's the sender? The sender is the Father. What is the message? The message is, just like we were talking about what communication is, that what Jesus' life and words are the very essence who, of who the Father is. My challenge to you is, is that when you read the book of John, when you read the Gospels this week and, and the next coming weeks, whatever Jesus is, that's the message in the heart of the Father. Can you tell me who gathered around Jesus? The sinners gathered around Jesus. How is that? What does that say about the heart of the Father? You would think that the sinners would be the ones that would be running from God, because remember, God is mean. And God is angry, and God hates sin, and God's gonna wrath and So wouldn't you think that the sinner would run from Jesus? No. They're the ones that he had dinner with. They're the ones that came to him. Mary Magdalene came to her, to, or to him. She came to him. So my question is to you people, what does that say about the heart of God when it comes to a sinner? Because it's his kindness that leads them to repentance. So what are his people doing? Jesus shows us the essence of the Father. Jesus shows us who he is. The other day I was uh, at Walmart, and I don't know about you, but Walmart tests my love for the human race. Am I alone? And I was going through the checkout stand. And the girl that was checking me out, not checking me out, no, checking out, you know, um, was very obviously a part of an alternative lifestyle, very obviously a very broken human being. Hard, tough, And left into my humanness of who I am, being the pure, righteous, 
little girl who's never sinned a day in her life, of course. I've never done anything like that. If left to my baser self, I probably would have just grabbed my things and left and just shook my head and look what the world is coming to. But instead, the Lord tapped me on the shoulder, and this was not because I'm something cool. It was because I was being something very uncool in his eyes. And he said, show her your love right now. You got exactly 22 seconds. I said, okay, I don't wanna. He said, now you're down to 19, show them your love. Show them my love then, because you don't have any. You don't have any, but who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm Jesus in this earth. So now I'm down to 15 seconds, right? So I just looked her in the eye, the eye and I said, how are you today? You sure are pretty. I really, you're doing a great job. I'm really thankful for everything you're doing. I just started talking, I just started talking. And you could see the hardness in her eyes soften. You could watch it happen. The essence of the Father was being shown through me. And that is not because I am something cool. He slapped me upside the head and made me do it. Do you hear me? Jesus Christ showed the essence of the Father. You are Jesus Christ in this world. I've totally left my notes. I've totally, I'm not finishing it the way I had thoroughly intended to. But I will tell you that Jesus Christ was fully man. He was fully God. He was born yet eternal. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He powerfully holds all things, even your life, together with his word. Jesus Christ is a servant. Jesus Christ walks in all humility and all obedience and all forgiveness. Jesus Christ gathered the children to him. Yet now he sits with all authority in heaven and earth that's been given to him. The Father loves the Son and has been given all things into his hands. This is going to be a reading now out of John and other, other Gospels. Are you ready? God put all things in subjection to him, all angels and authorities and powers. He is now the head of the body, the church, the firstborn of the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He has authority to forgive sins. He speaks and the wind and the sea obey him. He commands unclean spirits and they come out. He rebukes fevers and they depart. He causes the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, the lepers are made clean. He commands the dead and they live. Yet he suffers little children to come to him. He, does, he scatters the proud in the thoughts of their hearts and brings down the mighty from their thrones. Yet he does not break a bruised reed or quench a smoldering fire. This is Jesus I'm talking about until he brings justice to victory. In him are hidden all the treasures and the wisdom and knowledge. No 
one has ever spoke like this man, John 7, 46. To know him is to know the unsearchable riches of Christ. And he is coming again in the clouds, even as they saw him go. But the time with the holy angels and with power and with great glory, he will deliver us from the wrath to come. He will transform our lowly body to become like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to him in that day he will dress himself for service he will dress himself for service and have us recline at the table and he will come and serve us for he will still be meek and lowly in heart and yet and yet people of god his eyes will be like the flame of fire his feet like burnished bronze refined in a furnace and his voice will be like the roar of many waters and from his mouth will come a double sharp two-edged sword and we will see his face like the sun shining in full strength and so we will forever be with the lord we will see no longer through a glass darkly but face to face and rejoicing in hope and that hope will give way to joy in sight the pleasures of every taste that has bound us to Christ in this world will explode into the pleasures of heavenly feasting. And we will know finally, not in part, but perfectly, that in his presence is fullness of joy. That is Jesus. Let's all stand. My question to you is, do you have ears to hear? Do you have ears to hear? Jesus said it many times, for those who have ears to hear, and then he would proclaim something amazing. What does that mean? Yes, I have. Every soul had two ears to hear. But the difference is, if you have ears to hear, it means that you have taken what you have heard and you've turned it into some kind of action. And I would say today, that if you do not know Jesus Christ, today is your day to give your life to him. If you have given your life to him, then I would say that today would be a day that you would turn once again to follow him with all of your might. And if you're following him with all of your might, then I would say that today is a day that you will become more and more transformed into his likeness and into his image. And if that is you, then you will worship him like you've never worshiped him before. Because as he becomes you on the inside, we can't do anything but glorify the name of Jesus. Would you with me right now, just take a moment before I, I dismiss you, I'm a little bit late, but that's okay. You didn't expect anything less, did you? Let's take a moment and let's worship him. We're gonna sing what a beautiful name and if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as a personal savior, today is your day. I want you to come up and talk to me after church. Otherwise, let's commit our lives to becoming him, to becoming the very essence, the message of Father God through us. Amen? Let's sing. What a beautiful name it is. His name, come on. Just take a moment. Take a moment, close your eyes. Close your eyes, lift your hands up to him right now. His 
our burnished bronze. And his heart beats for you. He loves you with all of his heart. The love that he showed hanging on the cross is the essence of the Father and his love for you. to do some declarations as we sing the bridge here. Hallelujah. Let's let it settle. Who Jesus is, what he's done in our lives, the power, the glory, the honor that has been bestowed on him in Jesus' name. Here we go. Death could not hold he is so mighty. This is our Jesus. Come on. This is the Savior. He is here to influence the entire earth. Not one bit of the earth is meant to be left unaffected by. Jesus' name. Lord God, I declare right now 
We are dead to ourselves and alive in Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Father, this week I pray that you would reveal your essence, who you are to us. And Father God, there is no difference between who you are and who I am. And I will show your love to this world in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, okay, you're dismissed, but as you go, promise me you will communicate with each other. You will connect, and you will not isolate. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's hear it again as we go. Hallelujah. You guys are awesome.